My life's work has been reconnecting children with their parents, which obviously everybody agrees is the best possible, uh, you know, way. Um, whether it was working with guys in Home Sweet Home, and then after they got healthy enough, um, Baruch Hashem, so then I was able to explain to them how to reconnect to their parents in spite of their parents being really the way that you described. Um, and I was very successful at that. Um, sometimes it took a long time, but that was my work. My work was on teaching um, kids of all ages who feel this way um, how to bond with their parents um, and in spite of these these uh, things that they've done or not done. Um, and then in the last 12 years of working with parents to actually change and give the kids, kids of all ages, what they desperately, desperately, desperately need, which is all the things that you're describing, which everybody really, really needs in our generation. Maybe they needed it in previous generations, and they, but they didn't get it, and they lived without it. They didn't have all of this pain. Uh, maybe without childhood trauma, um, which is maybe perhaps why your siblings didn't get it, and they're like, okay, you know, it's not the end of the world. But you had needs that they did not understand and probably maybe perhaps were not even capable of giving. Or maybe if they were given to really understand it, they would have given it. I have a lot of success with parents who, before coming to me, did not give their kids the proper um, understanding. They didn't have the understanding, but they had the ability or they didn't really have the ability so much and they, they kind of learned how um, to, to have the ability. So first of all, again, I'm so sorry for your pain. Um, it's it's horrible. I, I understand it a little bit, and I uh, I really I'm so sorry for you. Um, you know, it's not your fault, not the trauma, and not the lack of of parents. You know, to give you that that hug, and that acceptance, and the apology, and um, you know everything that you need, which of course you would love to get. And of course, when you don't get it, it feels like, um, it feels like, okay, so I keep on getting hurt. So it's better for my, for my psyche to not keep on having expectations of getting that hug and that warmth and acceptance and getting hurt again and again and again and again and again. It's dangerous. What I have explained, you're an intelligent guy and I'll just throw, throw it out there and you can decide if you want to work in this, towards this direction with your, with your uh, support and your, your therapist. What I've explained to kids is that, especially in, in what you're describing, where there was no abuse, where your parents are limited. Now, there is a inborn feeling of children that mom and dad are like these amazing, strong, incredible, Incredible support. They should have known. Now, how could they not? You couldn't this. You could. The truth is, as we get older, we realize that they're just kids who get older and don't get don't get hit by a bus. So they get older and they don't know, and they don't have any way of knowing things that didn't exist 20, 30, 40 years ago. They didn't grow up with emotional pain, 
Ask them how many people they know that committed suicide, how many times they heard that there was a death or an overdose or in, in Kalyusel, how many people they know that was suicidal or depressed or had anxiety um, that, to the point of needing medication, not being able to function. You know, it, it's not just that it was brushed under the rug. People didn't fall apart 30 years ago. Not like now much, much smaller. There were some alcoholics, there were some people venting on other people, of course, but not the level of emotional pain that we have today. And they were probably treated the same way that they treated you, and they probably felt very loved from the physical stuff. After the Holocaust, parents did not think about anything emotional. It was about providing and I can speak. My father is turning 100. He's in a coma for the last five years. He was very nice and very American, much more Americanized. He speaks English without an accent. He's cultured and, and you know, really as with it as someone born in Poland can be. But I didn't get one millionth of the love, affection, compliments that my children get from me any week of their life. In one week of any of their lives, I don't want to say one day, but certainly in one week, certainly one month, if you took all the compliments and boosting and emotional words that I give my kids, it's more than I got my entire life. I got, I remember one time I'm proud of you and it was because I made some money. <laughs> That's all. And I just looked at it like he cannot possibly give me any emotional needs. And of course, he hugged me, he kissed me, you know, hi, good morning, blah, blah, blah. And, and that was it. And I couldn't make trouble because he couldn't deal with it. And, and he really wasn't a part of my, of any struggles that, that kids my age went through. Even more than that, I'll tell you, my mother got sick when I was 16. For two years, she was basically very sick. And then she died when I was 18. He had no idea that this was hard for me. I called him the day after Shiva, the day after Shiva, I went back to Yeshiva and like a few days later, I was schmoozing on the phone with him and I said, well, it's going very hard. It's hard for me to concentrate in the morning. What would you say? What would any normal person say in our day and age? Of course, don't worry about it. You should maybe you went back too early. Maybe you want to speak to somebody, right? It would be, be, we'd be so understanding that this is hard. You know what he told me? And I'm not saying this as lush and hara. I'm just so you understand that I can understand what what a lack of emotional <laughs> in such an extreme situation. My mother died, came back from Eretz Yisrael, burying her in Israel, sit, you know, at the Leviah, sitting in Israel. I we, they put us in the back of the van with the Chaver Kadisha in Israel. It's not like here. My my knees were touching the coffin. I mean, it was it was crazy. And that's after two years. Now Mayasam and after Dam for the Ahmed, which I hated doing, I was always embarrassed. I never davened for the Ahmed. I never I never when I thought they were gonna give me an Aliyah and Yeshiva, I would walk out before laning to avoid it. I was very shy. I'm still very shy in certain ways, but then I was I was crazy shy. And now I had to down for the Ahmed. It was a terrible crisis. and just always being at Minion and everybody looking at you, it was terrible for me. And I sat and I learned with the Rashiva's son, and I learned Instead of three, I think it was supposed to be three hours straight. After an hour and a half, I took a break for 10 minutes. And he said, no, it's not good enough. And he dumped me and I lost my chavrusa. It was terrible. And I, I told him, it wasn't, I'm sorry, it wasn't three days after. It was like, it was like 10 days after. And, and he said, why, what, why are you having trouble? So I answered pretty, you know, cynically or, you know, snidely. I said, um, 
I said, I don't know if you heard, but, you know, I was so offended. Believe me, why? I said, I don't know if you heard, but, the, you know, my mother was nifter last week, uh, whatever, two weeks ago. So he said, but that's, that's life. That's normal life. Everybody loses their mother. It's normal to bury your mother. It's not normal when parents bury children. Now, <laughs> that's so crazy, except for the fact that he's a sole survivor of a Holocaust. He, he lost his entire, his parents, his grandparents, his aunts, his uncles, his brothers, his sisters, his, his friends, everybody. How could I possibly? So as much as, as I didn't have anything, as you could see, of understanding of things being difficult or anything like that, which I needed like anybody else needed at my age, I never held it against him because I didn't expect him to be able to. And if I would have had another sister or brother that needed even more, they would be even more hurt because he would not be able to give it because he is limited. He was magnificent. He's, you know, he is magnificent for 95 years in many ways. In Agudas Yisrael and in helping people and in, 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 in <laughs> you can literally write a book. They will write a book, but not an emotional understanding of children's struggles it was impossible for him so some people from one to a hundred in my family um cared 80 percent you know were missing 20 percent because they they were very emotionally strong and successful and and they only cared uh, you know so so it didn't affect them only 20 percent. some of them affected them 60 percent. some of them it was down to like 20 percent. depends on how much each person needed emotional care. And to my father, what do you mean? I, I gave you money. I gave you a home. He helped us buy houses. He was much more giving than his friends financially. And, we, you know, everything was great and enjoy life. But there was no emotions. He didn't have it to give. Is it an excuse? A hundred percent. Now, I, haven't, um, I don't know you, what you went through, but you had a need that you have to mature to the point of realizing that my parents have no clue what this need is. They, they may not even know what you went through. And they may not, even if they know it, they don't understand it. And guess what? It is an excuse. Now, may, I hope you're not hurt by that. But you have to realize that when we get older, we'll realize we're all limited. Yes, it's an excuse. They have no idea what you went through and or what it means and or how to react. They would do anything for you. Now, I don't know that, but just based on what you said, sounds like they, if you needed $10,000, they would give it to you if they have it, whatever. They're there for you as what they understand a parent's job is to do. But they have no clue that you need a hug. They have no clue that they need to, to say, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you and that you suffered so much in your life and we weren't there and we didn't protect you and I'm so sorry. They just don't know to do that. Now, if they did know to do that, one of two things will happen. Either they'll do it because they really do love you and, and and just like they would give you money and just like they would give you everything else, a roof over your head and all that, they would give it to you if they knew you needed it. Or they wouldn't. And that doesn't mean they love you any less. It means they're not capable. They're not capable. Now, if this is true, then it would be a terrible mistake to cut them out of your lives and to lose lose the stability and relationship of your parents. But then what am I supposed to do? I keep on looking for the hug and they don't have arms. And the answer is to work 
towards the goal of understanding that I do not expect them to provide emotional support for me. But I'm not going to disconnect from them and lose the financial and the physical and the love the way they want and all these other things and have all of this other drama with family and 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 kibedav, uh, not for Olam Haba, just to feel good. I don't, I, I can lose this part of the relationship, which I will lose anyway, but I'm not going to lose the part that they are there for. And I'm, I'm not going to keep on getting hurt because they are limited. I'm not going to look for this from them. I will find other people who understand pain and trauma to get it from. And like I said, I don't expect you to listen to this and say, ah, I get it. Ta-da, boom, I get it. Now I realize and I'm fine. But uh, if you want to choose that as your goal, I can tell you that it's attainable. The way that you stop getting hurt is by having bad expectations. Stop having terrible expectations. When I mean terrible, uh, bad, wrong expectations that are just not going to happen. And it doesn't make them bad. It makes them human. It makes them, it makes them limited. It doesn't mean they don't love you. If you needed a kidney and they were a match, wouldn't they give you a kidney? If they can rescue you from, from a problem, if there was a train, a car coming to hit you, wouldn't they put their life in danger for you? So we're going to take all of that love that they have and we're going to cut it out of our lives it's, it's cutting your own nose despite your face. It's hurting yourself. And I would hate for you to do that if it's not necessary. Now, there are some people in this world who are so abusive to their children because they're so sick and there's nothing that the child can do to stop the abuse. And maybe in those very rare situations, the child cannot do what I'm saying and has to disconnect. It's so rare that I've never come across it. I want to tell you something else. There was a home sweet homeboy who got abused, molested at eight years old by a neighbor who was 14. It went on for two years. In those two years, he started acting crazy. And he started being very chutzpahdik. And starting from eight years old, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, his father didn't know what to do with him. His mother didn't know what to do with him. He didn't say what's going on because he was threatened and he was really crazy. His father would say, okay, it's time to do your homework. I'm not doing my homework. Come on, let's do your homework. No, don't talk to me like that. And he would be so chutzpahdik and the father lost himself. He would hit him. He would punish him, slap him, took off his belt to him. He didn't know what to do. I'm not defending the father because I really don't think, I hope that I wouldn't react like that. But he had a crazy kid who was being defiant and rebellious at 9, 10, 11 years old. Who, who just wouldn't listen to him. And he beat him. And then the kid ran, out of, ran away from home at about 13 and a half years old. So on top of being molested and losing his innocence and, and all the pain of, of molestation, he now lost everything. He's a homeless kid. He lived on a train. He lived in an empty truck he found in Walmart. He went through four years of terrible... Psych wards, uh, you know, drugs, the worst. And then he moved into Home Sweet Home almost 20 years ago. 
He graduated a year later. He was clean for a year. He held down his job for a year. He was completely shamatera mitzvahs. The year before, he ate on Yom Kippur. And now he did a tainas dibur on Yom Kippur. That's how strong and amazing he was. Besides for his ruchnius, you know how emotionally strong you need to be. After going through from 8 to 13 abuse and trauma of, 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 the, uh, of the sexual abuse and then the family and then being homeless, why would he be interested in Yiddishkeit? But he was. And he did. And he was a shining, shining star. He was learning and he, was, he got married from... It's unbelievable. But he really, you know, the first time he went home for Shabbos, I was waiting till after Shabbos to find out if, if he would be alive and his parents would be alive. How would that go? Because when I met him, he told me my dream is to stab my father to death. And now he's going home for Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, he called me after Shabbos, things went well. But over the years, whenever, thing, whenever things came up, they, they just didn't know how to handle it. Cold, unemotional, unapologetic. They went through hell, by the way. They didn't sign up for this either, to have a kid who's acting dysfunctional and crazy. They just, they went through years of hell. And they did not know, and there was no twisted parenting in those days, and there was no way for me to possibly help them. And about 20 years later now, he called me up that he went to a home, Hallmark, the session, the weekend or something. And he said, you know what I did? I called my molester, and I told him I forgive you. I said, what? You mean you, you told him I'm ready to forgive you. He should ask forgiveness? He said, no, I don't need him to ask. I let him go. I let it go. I told him, I forgive you. I hope that you got the help you need and you're not hurting anybody else. I forgive you. <laughs> Unbelievable. I never heard of anything like that in my life. You know how healthy he is because of that? He tells me, and then guess what? I called my parents and I told them, I forgive you. I said, What? What? Your parents who punished you and beat you and, and, and caused you to feel so insecure that you were homeless for years and you ended up in psych wards and you end up, ended up on drugs and you ended up on the train station and you ended up in an empty truck and you ended up almost killing yourself and killing other people and, and, and all your pain that they caused you. And even after you became from, they still, when he told them that he was molested and they acted totally inappropriate, that's the, like they made it like it's not a big deal. The worst nightmare to somebody like me who understands the pain and trauma and negated his feelings and put down his emotions and and what he said yeah i forgave them that's the goal how i have no clue but that's the goal because now he is not hurt from them he knows that they are mentally retarded when it comes to emotions it's their own limitation whether it's because they're children of Holocaust survivors, whether it's because they just, they're just sick, they know, I'm never going to get this. It's like, imagine somebody that has amazing parents in every way, but they're broke. I will never get money from my parents, but I'll get hugs and emotions and compliments. This is the reverse. They're not rich, but they'll, give me, they'll, they'll help me financially. They're, they're, they're not able to, to give me the, emotion, the emotions that I need, and especially as a broken person. But they can give me regular parents that most people are happy with. I'm going to lose all of that because of the part that I need that they can't give me? 
Why should I lose the rest? Why should I lose having having parents to go to Friantiv? You know that there are normal people that go home to their parents and they don't need emotional compliments and boosting and, and, and extra hugs. They, they Just going for Shabbos, getting married and going with your wife or your husband to your to your parents for Shabbos and your children should have grandparents. And, and they don't talk about, regular people don't talk about all this emotional stuff 100% of the time. Even great parents, it would be 3% of the time after you hug and, and, and parents were able to give you what you need, then, then you would enjoy the regular life. So now because I don't have that 3%, which to me is, to you, means to someone hurt, is really worth 97%. I get it. I get it. But so I shouldn't have parents? No, they're mentally retarded. They are mentally challenged when it comes to showing emotion. It's not because they don't like me. It's not because they have it in their pocket and they're not giving it to me. And you have to let go of expectations that are just, you, of course, the rest of your life, you're going to constantly, constantly, constantly be hurt because you're constantly expecting them to have something that they don't have. And then you're holding it against them for not having it, which is very not true. It's a very child feeling, not childish, but a feeling of every child. My parents should be, if you bring a child into this world, you should, you should know how to provide for their emotional needs. Guess what? It's not true. They don't. And, and you want to change it? You want to, there should be a course. And yeah, the, the world is changing. But 30 years ago, there were no emotional needs, pretty much. I'm not saying totally. And of course, there was, there was still different shades. I'm not negating the whole thing. But your parents can give you comfort Shabbos. Let's have food. Let's smile. Uh, and you can go to them and say, I have a problem. Uh, not about emotions. And I, again, I don't know them. Only based on your little text, but they sound like normal people, like many people who don't have the ability or understanding or both of being able to shower you with the emotional love and support that you need. Now, I'm sure you know that there's an entire movement of kids who are leaving their parents or abandoning their parents. And there's a lot of therapists giving advice to cut off from your parents. They're causing you so much pain. And most, if not most, most majority, that's not the answer. Because a child who cuts off from their parents is going to be limping for the rest of their own life. It's not the solution. Just like it's not a solution for parents to throw out a kid because the kid is not behaving properly. So too, it's not a solution for a child to cut off with his parents because the parents are not behaving properly. Now, it depends. Yes, very rare cases. There are parents that tie up their kids, beat them, uh, you know, and, and really were abusive consistently and won't change and won't apologize. It's very, very rare. It's very rare. Most of these cases, which I know about, are that the kids are, have needs, emotional needs, and the parents can't give it. And they keep on getting hurt. They keep on getting so hurt. But because the child is so sick, because they went through trauma and abuse, and they're highly sensitive, so therefore, that little sting, which for another kid is like, no, okay, roll your eyes, stupid stupid father, and like, what the heck? And it's over. 
But for the sensitive one, because of their own pain and trauma that's not being dealt with, it's it's a month of, of, of wanting to die and overdose and, 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 and get depressed and have anxiety and, and go crazy. But you can't really say that it's that it's a true definition of abuse and pain because how come the brother and the other sister who don't have this needs, how come no? Either they don't care or they care, but it doesn't affect their lives. They're not becoming alcoholics and drug addicts. They're not becoming suicidal. Maybe they'll even need therapy, some of them. They have a little bit of a limp. They need therapy. But it's the one with the, inter- with the internal bleeding that can't take it. And the solution is you have to deal with your internal bleeding, which you have to do anyway. And when you become healthier, you become strong enough to not need. And the idea is not to destroy your life. Be selfish. Don't destroy any part of your life until you're healthy. You don't say you're off the derech until you're healthy. You don't make spiritual decisions until you're healthy. You don't leave a spouse until you're healthy. You don't pull your kids out of yeshiva until you're healthy. All this stuff that's happening that people, while they're sick, they make all these decisions out of their own pain. And, and it's true, out of parents and other people's lack of sensitivity and understanding, which causes you pain. I'm not taking away the fact that it hurts like hell for you. The solution is to fix yourself so it won't hurt, hurt like hell and to not have expectations that they know how to deal with your emotions and therefore you won't keep on getting hurt and you won't lose out on the other parts of the relationship that really are also very important. It feels like this is 97% or 99% of what I need for my parents and the other part, who cares? But it's not really true. When you get healthier, you realize there's something about having parents. There's something about going to them for Shabbos. There's something about having the 99% of discussions that people have with their parents where they're not requiring emotional help. That's, that's very important. And on the part, the 1% of the 3% of the 5% that you would have loved to have a father who understands your pain like I understand your pain and would be able to hold you and tell you, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you and mean it and be with you. And I've done this many, many times with many different people. And if your father did that one time already, you would, you would save you uh, so much. But he can't. And you have to reframe his inability to possibly be able to do this for you until he's either trained properly or perhaps even after he's trained, he doesn't. there are some people, they don't have arms. And they're sicker. They're really sick. There are some parents that don't have the ability, even after you explain to them what trauma does and you break through all those barriers that they don't understand it and, and they don't believe it and like, how can it be and I don't know and so what? There was a father who told his daughter, his daughter was Nabuch, this girl at 12 years old, was raped, Rachman litzlan And at 16 years old, she was acting out still four years later and the father said, Genugshain or Genigshain. Enough already. It's four years. Get over it. Now, anybody who understands FS could say, and anybody who understands a drop of what rape does understands that that is literally emotionally retarded. But a lot of people in the world who don't understand it, who are not bad, would say it or at least think it because they just don't understand. They just don't get it. So it could be your parents if they were given the understanding of your pain and of your life story without getting defensive and without saying, without trying to deny your 
your life story and, and, and your existence and, 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 and everything inside of you. And they would really educate themselves. It could be they can give you certainly a lot more, or at least they could say, I'm sorry, I can't give you what you need. That's also powerful. I want to give you a hug, and I, and I don't know what to say. And I really I wasn't trained for this, and I don't have the ability to really grasp, but I know you're suffering, and it kills me, and I would do anything to take away your pain. And I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you. And maybe they can't say it, but they can write it down. Maybe they could be trained. They're not. Rishoyim. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they could be helped. And if they can't, it's still not Rishon. It's their limitation. And you can't wreck your life because of other people's limitation because that is, again, giving in to the trauma and the abuse. That's giving another victory to the abuser. That's giving another victory to the, to the stabbing. That the stabbing causes you internal bleeding. And now there's another victory that you're going to lose having parents in your life and have to deal with the trauma of the parents. It's not even worth it. And your siblings are saying, what's the matter? And then you feel guilty. You always feel guilty. You will always feel guilty if you cut up with your parents unless it's mamish for that 1%. But what you're describing is not that 1%. It's not even 1%. Very, very rare. And, and if parents talk are abusive, even my friend, whose parents were clearly abusive, beat him with a belt. They also weren't be'etzim abusive. They didn't do that to the other kids. They only did it to him because they didn't understand how a kid could act this way and what's wrong with him. And, he, and it's a trap by Hashem because he couldn't tell them what was happening to him. And no parent can deal with a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, strong kid saying, cursing you and saying no and everything everything's a fight and everything's an argument we wouldn't get up in the morning wouldn't go to sleep at night wouldn't do anything it kills the whole entire house and and they didn't know what they're dealing with so now i train parents to understand the kid is sick we take off all the pressure we stop having expectations to be normal and regular and we call we 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 assume what's wrong because this doesn't happen from nothing and we try to fix it okay we try to save but 20 years ago 30 years ago who knew? 10 years ago even. Who knew? Even therapists hardly talked about trauma. I have hundreds of parents that went to thousands of professionals that they gave great tons of money to. Psychiatrists got, and they don't even mention, by the way, your kid has symptoms of trauma. Now it's changing. Now there's an awareness. And now parents who are having kids now also understand more because 20 years ago or 10 years ago when they were younger or 15 years ago, 20, there was already... Things were already changing, and the next the next generation is going to be even better. The next dar is going to be even better because counselors now understand that half their kids or a quarter of the kids in camp, this one suffering from this. It's all about emotional pain and anxieties and depression and OCD and ODD. All the everybody knows PTSD. Everybody knows. Every kid knows molestation and trauma and abuse, and they're more sensitive to it. The rabbeim today, the new next generation, are so sensitive to the feelings of Bachram. I went to yeshiva. Nobody gave a hoot about my feelings. They were all abusive. I should cut them all out. My suffering that I had, pain, was because I had needs that regular Bachram didn't have because my mother got sick for two years. Do you know, I, two years my mother was sick. I was in yeshiva. I don't want to say which one. And they never took care of me. Nobody in that hollow came over to me. How are you doing? Are you having a hard time? Two years, crazy. I went through different kufas at times. I was sick in bed for three, four days. Nobody came over to me. 
Today, it wouldn't happen. Today, you'd have a mashkiach and a manal in, in, in any normal people. They would have been all over me. They would have been like, every day, oh, how are you doing? What's, what can I do for you? Oh, you're great. Let's go for a walk. Let's go for a drive. Let's... Nothing. As if this guy is not going through anything. And they knew very well exactly what I was going through. And I got no support. So, of course, it hurts. But I can't have a complaint and a taina against somebody for not doing something that they had no idea how to do. They're not Rishayim. They're not abusive. And thank God, it was long, long enough ago that it didn't kill me. But if it would have been 10 years ago, and not 30, 40, 35 years ago, yeah, it probably would have killed me. I probably would have been a kid at risk. <laughs> got to think of it. I, I would have needed drugs because the emotions of us got weaker and weaker and weaker over time. But it still doesn't mean that they're abusive. And that's why this guy, after 20 years, was able to forgive his parents who beat him because he was able to realize, but they didn't beat my brothers and sisters. So they're not some abusive people. They beat me because they didn't know how to deal with me. And while it was wrong, but maybe if I'll have kids and, and a kid is burning down the house and, and, and acting crazy, I don't know. How could you blame someone for not knowing how to deal and for going with sugar? And he was able to heal his own pain and his trauma to the point that he had the strength to not only have a relationship with them and avoid emotions, which was the first, uh, you know, 18, 19 years, but then to come to the point that he was strong enough to forgive them. It's not your fault. You couldn't do better. It didn't come, the pain you gave me didn't come out of, you're not caring about me, because in different realms that you are, good at, you would have cared about me. In different categories that you're capable of, you would have cared for me. But this you didn't know. Either you didn't know, or you didn't know how. Whatever it is. I don't want to lose you. And maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe it'll help if you play them this recording. Or maybe it'll help if, if, um, if you bring them to a therapist that you're going to who can try to explain to them what you need from them. And either they'll be able to do it, or if not, you'll have to say, Nebuch, my, my father can't hug me. He has no arms. My mother can't hug me. She has no arms. And the same thing emotionally. My parents can't feel bad for me. They have no ability. My parents can't understand what I went through. There's no way for them to. They don't have that ability. They are limited in this realm of emotional pain that they didn't experience and they didn't have. And they, they're just, they can't. You understand? Isn't that possible? And if you think that that's possible, then how horrible for you would it be to live your life without your parents or for constantly getting hurt from them? That Both of those are not the answer. The answer is not to constantly go back and get hurt, and the answer is not constantly to run away from them. And the answer is only to stop having expectations of them to give you what they cannot give you until they get trained and they're able to give it to you, or maybe even if they're limited, to realize, no, I will never get that from them. Maybe on their deathbed, they'll say, I love you and I'm proud of you, but I'm not waiting for it. And not to deprive yourself of the benefits of having parents in your life, and not to have to deal in therapy for an extra five years that I cut off my parents and my siblings are angry at me and I, I know that's Kibbutz and it is and it's not and I'm my Rav Paskin and I'm allowed to cut them off and I'm not allowed to cut them off and I should cut them off and I shouldn't cut them off, I don't know. And all of that might be in your hands, not right now, 
but to strive for, to strive for and to work to get there. And perhaps the first step is to work on saying that I'm just not going to expect it and I'm going to cut the emotion part out of my relationship with my parents. Not cut my parents out. And even though I really need them the most for this, but I'm not going to cut them out. I'll cut out the emotion and say, Mom and Dad, Abba, Ima, Mami, Tati. I will not bring up things. I will not need any emotions from them. I'll be a good son. We'll have a good time as if everything is fine. They'll provide for me. They'll buy me a birthday gift if they do that. If they don't, then some also emotional damage, emotional uh, impairment and limitation. Okay. They'll do the best that they can. I'll do the best that I can. I will get my emotional needs met by my therapist, my psychologist, my support system, my family, my other, whoever can give it to me. And not from them. A child could have, let's say, a lot of blood and needs bandages changed. Right? Let's say I am a very caring person, but when I see blood, I faint. And the kid's going to be all angry at me. When I needed you, you weren't there for me. How could you not be there? Yeah, you gave me hugs, but you never changed my bandages. Guess what? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, that's an example because I probably would, I would hope I would overcome my, my, my fears and stuff, but probably I would try to find someone else to do it and avoid it if possible. I would say, listen, I don't have to do it myself. I could you know, get a nurse to do it or ask God's solid guy to do it. I can't see blood. I faint. But I'm there for you in every way that I can. Now, maybe I would also make that mistake. That's my limitation. Does it mean I'm abusive? But no, but it does mean that I wasn't there for my kid. And, and again, uh, the hope would be eventually they could understand and apologize for it. But the first step is for you not to expect them to give you this need that you desperately have. I can't tell you to not need it. That's later. Later is to say, I don't need it from them. I'd love it, but they're limited. Same way that a guy who has poor parents, I, I need a loan, but they're limited. They can't lend me money. Over here, I will take from them, and I don't mean take in a bad way. I will enjoy the, the relationship, the give and take between them of what we can give each other. And I will not hold the part that they cannot give me Again, whether they're untrained and maybe one day they can give you, and or even if they're trained and they can't open their mind or their hearts, because that, that, that means that they're just pushed at skin, they're just limited, they're sick. I won't hold that against them. I'll have a give and take and a relationship with them from now until they die that I'm proud of. I'll do all the same, keep it of aim, and have the relationship that my brothers and sisters who are not needing this category that they have with my parents, I'll have that same relationship. And then eventually is the last step where I can mamish forgive them. It was never their fault. Just like the chutzpah or whatever damage that you did to them was not your fault and you have to forgive yourself, you'll be able to realize that their behavior was not their fault either. It's the, it's the result of damage that happened to you that's out of the realm of parenting, out of the realm of being a child, out of the realm of Yiddishkeit, out of the realm of everything. It's a crime. It's a criminal act. They also came and come in. This is never supposed to happen. And the result of that is a lot of pain and then a lot of blame on each other for, for, for not being able to behave properly as a child and as a parent and as a sister and as a brother and as a Talmud and as, and, and, and as a Rosh Hashiva and as a Yid and as a father in heaven. The, everything gets impaired by it. 
And don't pull yourself away from your parents and don't pull yourself away from your siblings and don't pull, pull yourself away from the people in your family who can't understand you and, and, and hold it against them because they can't understand you. And don't pull yourself away from Hashem. E- even though it's, that's very tough, it's a different discussion. Okay. I hope that this is able to help you. Feel free to share it if you feel it will be possible to, to get help from it. I wish you a refuah shalema. I wish you that Hashem should, should give you the strength to be happy and enjoy your life and to compensate, which is even stronger than regular, which is what people who go through trauma and abuse, as unfair as it is, they have to not just be strong for themselves, they have to become strong for people who, who, who can't give them what they need. To be so strong that you'll be able to carry the relationships that are deficient in giving you what you need which could be a spouse, it could be eventually even siblings and children besides parents, it could be a lot of different things, it could be community, it could be a shul, it could be a rav, that, that they can't understand where you're coming from. A lot of times a rav will say something to someone, and because that guy years ago went through a trauma, he's, he, he'll never go back to the shul. Yes, it's wrong and it's hurtful, but... 75% or 95% or 99% of the rest of the shul wouldn't have had that reaction. And that's, again, that person's own pain and trauma that is causing him to be so sensitive to the wrong and to the injustice. It is wrong. It is injustice. And nobody's going to say that the Rav shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have embarrassed you and called you out in public, but it's your pain that is making it insurmountable. Same thing in so many different relationships. So Hashem should give you a fuas and Yeshua's Rafua Shalema and Yeshua Shalema to enjoy life and to be a good son and to be a good father and to be a good brother, to be to be a good person, which you really are. I know you are. And I hope this is helpful to you. Cult of Hatzlacharab.